which is an unbelievable accomplishment. Someone watching right now knows a child who has children in public, someone knows um, someone who has children in public school to transfer she reached out to Chazak, 718-285-9132, 718-285-9132. Um, and and, and, and uh, Chazak cannot continue strong without your support, so support Chazak right now at givechazak.com, G-I-V-E-C-H-A-Z-A-Q.com, givechazak.com. It is a great honor to call upon Rabbi Meirov, who will be interviewing tonight, Mr. Charlie Rory. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to yet another amazing episode of Tuesday's Tunley Torah Talks. Tonight we have the honor of having with us our very dear friend Charlie Harari, a man that needs no introduction. He's been to the Chazak organization many, many times at uh, all of our big events, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he's inspired uh, tens of thousands of people. He's a man that's filled with greatness and we're going to be talking about that topic. Charlie, how are you doing, my dear brother? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's always an honor to be with you. Ah, God bless. Okay, so we're going to be talking tonight about unlocking greatness. I know you have a book on the topic. You've spoken for us on this topic many times, and we're going to jump straight into it. So many people have their own definitions of greatness. Maybe you could define what greatness is all about, my dear brother. The greatest definition that I've seen in greatness took place not in an English book. It's in um, the Sefer of Michta Miliau. Dessler speaks about it. Rav Dessler speaks about this concept of um, the way I always re- remember it's Nakudas Habachira. And the way I always remembered it was um, a football field. He doesn't say that, but that's how I see the, you know, it process it through <laughs> my head, right? Um, when, when, if you look at life like a football field, right? Depending on where you are on the field, it, it doesn't really matter because it's the same thing that happens, right? There's the offensive line and the defensive line, and the offense wants to go forward and defense wants to stop them. So if you ask somebody like, what part of the field is greatness? The answer will be like, well, it depends where everybody is. So if you're on the 20, that's where the greatness happens. And if you're on the other 20, well, that's where the greatness happens. And so one of the great mistakes we make in life is that we think that greatness is objective. The guy there is great. That woman's great. And in some cases, there's a truth to that, right? You look at a tzaddik, you look at a major, you know, a mashpia, you look at someone out there who's lived their life for Klal Yisrael, and yeah, they've achieved greatness, but it's not our greatness. And that's the mistake. You can enjoy their greatness. Moshe Rabbeinu achieved his level of greatness. That's Moshe's greatness. And we can take it and learn from it and be inspired by it, et cetera, et cetera. But as you know, the famous story of the Rav Zusha, Rav Zusha is not going to get worried about going to the Shemayim and say, how come you were at Moshe? He's going to say, how come you were in Zusha? So really greatness is the, the challenges that are before you at this second. And the way we deal with what is in front of us, every moment of our life is where greatness happens. And when you aggregate all these moments, you then have something that other people or you can actually recognize, which is greatness. Ah, I feel the greatness. I feel the energy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So some might feel that in order to achieve greatness, they need to come from a certain family, a certain background. Uh, you know, where is the root of greatness? Where, where so, is it found? So first of all, that's out. Like I, I, I write, listen, Yichus is massive, right? If you have Yichus, if you're Zohar to have parents, grandparents, great grandparents that are tzaddikim that have done things for Kali Yisrael, you know, just like, you know, kiss up to Hashem, Yishtabach Shemo, you have someone in Shemayim or in this, in this world that's helping you. Like that's an amazing gift that you have. But 
it doesn't seem like from our history, look, that's that's the the critical factor for your own greatness. You know what I'm saying? Like when Moshe Rabbeinu went to Shemayim and he looked over and he saw Rabbi Akiva and, and he was, so to speak, transported as the, as the Medrash goes into his base Medrash. And he said, who is this person? Rabbi Akiva didn't have Yichas. Rabbi Akiva's Yichas wasn't, wasn't necessarily Yichas. He was, you know, the, a descendant of converts. You know what I'm saying? Like when you look around, at even the way the Abishta made Mashiach work, like look at the way the Kurdish Baruch who worked out David HaMelech and worked out Mashiach, like everywhere you turn, these are stories you can't even teach in schools. So like, the, and of course the people have Yichas, but it, if you look through Jewish history, you don't see that unless you have Yichas, you have no shot. If you have Yichas, like Ashrein Matov Chalkeinu, you have people to guide you. You have people in Shemayim that are davening for you. You have schus avos, like ashrecha. But if you if you don't feel you have yichus, like that's fine. You 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 still have yichus. I was talking to him recently, and he said to me, like, I want to know my yichus, the person. I said, I'll give you your yichus. He goes, How do you know? I'm like, simple. Avraham Yitzchak Yaakov. Like, do you need better than that? Like, do you need someone bigger than Avraham? Like, what's going on? Like, you you, you got yichus. Like, let's move on. Like, you're, you're good. Like. Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov. They're the biggest, they're the biggest dude. Like you don't get better than them and you for sure come from them. And like, you're good. Like, are we good now? And he's like, you know, like don't get, people get caught in reasons why they can't push hard to be great. It's just an excuse. It's just an excuse. Hey, we don't know our Yichas. So many people come from people that have no idea. You know, we've been through Gullahs for so many years. Nobody knows where they come from. I mean, people know that can track it, but so many of us have no idea who is our great, 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 great grandparent. Like, we don't really know. So don't let Yichas be an excuse for you not trying hard at the challenges in front of you and working on your relationship to the Kodesh Baruch Hu. It's just... That's not where our, our, our great people have come from. If you have it, amazing. And if you don't, then make your yichus. The best thing you can do if you don't have yichus is give your children yichus. That would be the best answer to yichus. Oh, wow. Powerful. You mentioned Avram Yitzchak Yaakov. Avram's father was Terech. We all know he was an yep. idol worshiper. He sold idols, so he didn't even have Yichas. And then Yitzchak could say and complain, oh, my life, I can't become great. I have a brother, Yishmael. And then we know Yaakov also had a brother, Esau. So family and Yichas, sometimes, yeah. like you said it beautifully, that you have to create it. You have to become great no matter where you are, no matter what the situation is. And even when you see people with Yichas, like if you really look at, like let's say, like Siddhisha Rebbes, yeah. like we don't see that the, the Rebbes, they don't become Rebbes because of their father. They become Rebbes because they work. Like, we don't know what's going on in the homes of certain tzaddikim. Those kids don't become leaders because they are just born. They work really hard. Like, I remember hearing a story about the Satmar Rebbe. And he, 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 the, he said that in his home, they never ate because they were in the mood. Like, the idea that you're just like, I need a snack. Like they never ate like the concept that like, I'm just, I'm hungry. Like you eat when you need to eat. So it wasn't just like the Rebbe came from the Rebbe. It happens to be that sometimes you grew up in a home that's so holy that like your, your, your habits, but you could build those. You can, you can learn from Svarim. You can, you can, you can learn from Rebbeim. You could. You can build your home. You can build your life in a way that has yichus, so to speak, right? That each one of us, if we're born into this world, are born with a piece of Hashem. And there's no bigger yichus than that. Powerful, powerful. You just inspire me, Charlie. Ah, 
Ready. You always inspire us. It's a shame. Okay. So uh, some people might feel that they're too far along in their life to unlock greatness. Uh, but we know that in the Gemara it says, Yesh kone olamo b'sha'achat. Uh, there are those who acquire their next world in one moment. When does achieving greatness start? And what are the checkpoints to make sure we are on the right path? You, if you ever feel like you're too old, here's what I want you to do. Open up a Chumash and track every person in Chumash and find out when they do their biggest things. Just track it. I'm not Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov. Yosef's a little different. Yosef was fairly young. He was 30. Keep on tracking. Moshe, Aaron. How old were they when they took Kali, so Adam, Mitzrayim? Most of the times when you look around in Tyra, it, it took a while. Avram Avinu, how old is he when he brought Yitzchak up to, to, to get slaughtered? Like, do the work. And you'll see that there's no concept of being too old. Aleph. There's no, nobody knows, like I said, nobody knows what their tafkit is, really. And nobody knows what greatness is. It's what's in front of you. It's different for each person. So you may say to yourself, listen, I didn't grow up with an education. This guy next to me went to the best yeshivas and he like knows so much and I know so little. Yeah, but his challenges are not your challenges. And Hashem's not looking at his scholarship and measuring it to your scholarship. So many times in life, because the society around us has no choice but to measure us in a comparative sense. When you go to school, they have no choice. It's a school. It, it, you, you, we, don't, we can't afford walking around with private tutors all day. You got to go to a school. And that school's got to have 25, 30 kids. As great as a school can be, they got to educate lots of people. So they have no choice but to give everybody the same test. Like, you know, it is what it is. Like, every time, like, I remember when I, wanted, when I was applying for law school, like, I had all these extra this and extra that, and I was putting my application together. And my, my advisor was like, listen, who cares? Just what'd you get on your LSATs? I'm like, what do you get on my LSATs? Like, that's only one measure. And he's like, yeah, but think about it. The law school is getting applications from thousands of students. They don't know if, like, you being the president of your school is hush or not. They have one test that everybody takes. Yeah, it's not perfect, but it is what it is. So understand that in the world that we live in, everybody uses an imperfect measure called comparison. And you can't help but be in that world. You can't help but look over to see what your friend got when you get your test back. You can't help but look to see how your friend's doing in business. You can't help but look over to see how your friend davens for the Amit or how much they know or who's giving shiurim or whatever. And the physical world, the material world operates in this way. And then we make a mistake. We think that's how Hashem operates. Here's the deal. Hashem's not the material world. Hashem's got a better metric because he's Hashem. He looks into your heart. He knows your whole life. He knows everything about you. He's not comparing you because he's not the principal of a school. He's not the head of an admissions committee in a law school. He's Hashem. And he puts you in this world with all of your weaknesses. And he puts you in this world, all of your challenges, and he gave you your family and he gave you your life and he puts you exactly where he needs you. And maybe breaking your teeth over one line to him is more valuable than the rabbi standing up who was quoting, you know, chapter and verse every Gemara. Maybe. We don't know. But what we do know is that we're not being compared. It's not how we roll. You don't see in Torah where it says, you don't see Yom Kippur and we say, sorry that I'm not better than the guy next to me in shul. You don't see guys like knocking each other out in Yom Kippur so that you could finish Nilo while everybody's passed out. You don't see, no one's comparing how long you can fast on Tisha B'Av to see who's going to make it to the end of the race to see who collapses first. You don't have these concepts. You do, in, you do in the world, 
there are races, there's competitions, not in Torah. Because in Torah, in Judaism, there's no comp- competition, which means you're never too old and you're never too young. Wherever you are is exactly the where you need to be right now. And all you got to think about is what's in front of me? What's my next move? What's my next win? What does Hashem want of me next? And if all, Rabbi Nachman says, Hayom, he says, if all you're good for is one day, that's the only day that Hashem wants of you, just today. And then tomorrow you'll worry about tomorrow. And to me, one of the reasons why we can't achieve greatness is because we use all of our energy for stuff that we can't control. What's going to be? What's going to be? What's the, what's it worth? You know, I, what if I do like this happens all the time? I get inspired, but okay. And then you get inspired. Okay. But I can't keep this up. You ever had this, Jenny? You ever like, you feel like you're inspired. You're like, okay, I'd love to do this, but like next week is the summer. And then I got to go here. Then I'm away on vacation. The next week, something. You know what? I, I'll, I'll, I'm in, I want to do this. How about like 2026? That's, I have a pocket of time. And so I was like, are you out of your mind? Like you fit, like you're like, you know, how it runs this world. You feel that's, inspired? That's why when I'm inspired, I just remember to be chazak, be strong. Just, just stay strong. Just stay right strong. Now. Continue. Right now. A second. And that's, that's the problem is that we waste our emotional energy on things that we can't control. And that saps us of what we need, which is what we can control, which is the next decision. And if we would stop all the time saying, I'm too old, I'm too young, what about him? I wish I did, I wish I did, my parents, my family. And we just looked at the line and said, what's the next decision? And focused all of our energy on that, then we'd be great. Because we'd, we'd, we'd make, because we, we've got enough kaychas to make one decision. Like we could, we could be great for 20 minutes. Like we can have a great day. We can't, we may, we, not, we may not be able to have a great week. We can have a great afternoon. And as soon as you start seeing the world in these little day tight pockets, Break it down. all your energy, that's when, that's when you make real changes. Ah, unbelievable. So, so, so you've done extensive research about greatness. What is the number one quality in your opinion that differentiates between the great life and an average? What would you say is so I'll tell you what's in the research, the research that I found and what's not. What they don't know is the truth, right? Because they don't know the truth because you can't study the truth under a microscope. A, someone who lives a great life is someone who lives with Hashem. Like end of story. Not like you're playing to God to get what you want. Not Amazon.God, actual God. Like when you live with Hashem, and you walk in his ways, and you you think about him, and you put him into your life, you live a different life. Period. End of story. Game over. Like, no, there's no second place. There's only one place. Dveikas, as they say. You're one with Hashem. How do you do that? It starts by talking to him. It starts by wanting him. It starts by seeing what he wants of you. It starts by feeling him inside. There's a lot of things you can do right away. But straight up, there's no money. There's no COVID, there's no job, there's no office, there's no car, there's no house. There is nothing in this world that will even be a close second to, I feel like I am walking with Hashem, period. Now, let's get to like the physical world. In the physical world, the Alma de Shikra, as they say, the, the unifying principles that I found with great people is the mind. Great people believe that 
their mind is their most important muscle and they, they watch it and they tend to it. They don't let negativity come in. They don't waste it on stupidity. Great people that I've met don't spend a half an hour on the phone talking about somebody else. Not because the Chafetz Chaim says it's us, sir, because it's a waste of my brain. They don't spend hours upon hours watching something on a screen where other people become great. They don't have that in their world. They believe that they can change. They really believe their brain is neuroplastic and it can change whether they know that word or not. They believe that tomorrow could be better. And they believe that if they try hard enough, they can be different people. They believe in the power of their, of their brains and their minds. And they tend, they watch their minds like the way the Israeli army watches the border. They're always on the lookout. They never let the negativity, they never let that seep in. They guard themselves to jealousy. They guard themselves for envy. I'm telling you, Chazal know what we're talking about. When they say, Taiva, Kin, and COVID take you out of this world. Great people, without even knowing they're like doing that, are always on guard here. Because this is your most powerful m- muscle. And if you can say, I want to work on my relationship with Hashem, and I want to work on my, the health of my mind, there's no telling what you can do. Uh, wow. Unbelievable. He's like such inspiration. So, so Charlie, we know in Judaism it says, all Jews are responsible for one another. What impact does helping others in their journey for greatness impact us on our journey? Uh, you know, one that's involved with Chazak and helping others, that's what I feel what's, what makes us great we make others great. So what do you say about that? So, so remember, there's always two parts of us. There's the body and the soul. The body wants to survive and the soul wants to be great. The soul isn't limited. So the soul feels something when you connect to others, right? That's why when a person goes through a life cycle, they feel something. They expand themselves. They expand in marriage. They expand in children. They expand in teaching. Ask yourself, try this. Whenever you're giving, how do you feel? Whenever you're taking, how do you feel? Just try it. Go to a a door, hold it open for somebody, have the person walk in and let's smile at them. Now, see how you feel. Next time someone holds it open for you, see how you feel. You'll feel differently. It's because the soul needs, enjoys expansion. The body wants contraction. The body wants to accumulate. The soul wants to share. Body and soul. When you help another, you expand yourself. That's greatness. Greatness is the expansion of self. So when you look at a gadol or a tzaddik, they're not a gadol or a tzaddik because they know more pages of Talmud. I'm sure there are people that are sitting somewhere that know pages of Talmud. They're, they're a gadol or a tzaddik because their souls are expanded to include more people. You tell them your issues and they feel for you. You walk into a shul and the rabbi looks at you and you know he cares about you, right? When you're around great people, what makes them great isn't that they have a photographic memory. What makes them great is that they care more. So it's counterintuitive because the body says, no, do that. You're going to lose. Take. You got to do it all with common sense, obviously. But when a person understands that their essence is to expand their soul, and that's where their greatness is, giving becomes their method of doing it. And so giving and being great is it's part, of the, it's part of the same coin. It's like in Hebrew, the word for giving is natan. Natan backwards, yeah. backwards is spelled the same way. When you give, in essence, you're also getting. Yeah, for sure. 
And that's what a raven means. A raven, the Kolis Raven is, is, is even a deeper concept, which is we're not even complete unless we're all together, right? At, at our essence, Kali Yisrael is one soul, right? It's one soul, Kali Yisrael. And so me and you are just pieces of the same soul. And my perspective is so limited in thinking that I'm different than you, but really, 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 me and you are in our essence the same, like two, two parts of, of an ocean, right? If you look at a wave and you take two cups of water in the same wave, it's two cups of water, but they're the same wave. It's the same, the same ocean. So when you put it into a vessel called a cup, it seems different. So when God puts our soul into a body, it feels different than you. But when you really look at it, it's water from the same ocean. So me and you are the same. We're connected. And so when I reconnect to you, I feel like I'm more of me, right? So we feel this way with our family, with our friends, with the people that look that are like us, et cetera. But if you really, really were operating at the highest level, left the real level, every Jew that's, that you know is really a piece of you. So you are, you're, you're up when they're up and you're down when they're down. And that's why the halacha follows this, which is a tremendous Kiddush in halacha, which is if you make Kiddush and then someone else doesn't have Kiddush, you can make Kiddush again. That's a tremendous, tremendous Kiddush because it's a bracha levatala. And we're very careful with, you know, saying Hashem's name. Yeah. And yet we still can say Hashem's name multiple times in a Kiddush because you need, but what do you have to do with me? It's your chiv, not my chiv. The answer is no, it's my chiv too. Because a piece of my chiv wasn't fulfilled if you're not, if you, if you haven't fulfilled it. It's a tremendous concept if you think about it, that there's a piece of me that hasn't fully kept the mitzvos if you haven't kept the mitzvos. So I am not just like, whatever, live and let live. Now I got to do it with seichel. I can't yell at you if you're going to like run the other way, but I have to feel for you. And that means if you're in pain, I'm in pain. If you're happy, I'm happy. It's a tremendous level when you think about it. You know, if you look at the real tzaddikim, they didn't like, of course, they had their own children and their own family, but they weren't like, as long as my kids are okay, I'm okay. Right? They felt the pain of Klag Yisrael. They walked into a room and saw somebody. And if they were struggling, these tzaddikim were struggling because they didn't see a chilek. They didn't see a difference between themselves and other people. That's greatness. The extension of self. Sorry, we're all on the same boat. Same we're all, we all sink. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you're giving me a, so much chizuk, so much inspiration. I'm sure the audience all over the world is enjoying as much as I am. Amen. And uh, we'll leave you off with one final question is if you could leave us with a final closing remarks, inspiring story, and message for the whole world. I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know what story to say, but um, it doesn't have to be sorry, a final message for Claudia. message. And you know what? I, I got to tell you, the message that I think is on our heads is is, is dreaming. Ah. If, if I can leave you with this, you know, the, the, the famous Panovich Rebbe would say, you know, the famous, he would always say that I'm, people would, he'd have all these dreams for Panovich. Now Panovich is Panovich. It's, you know, B'nai Brak is, you know, the, the capital, the center of Torah. Um, you know, it wasn't like that all the time. And when the Panovich Rebbe came to B'nai Brak, it was hills. It wasn't what it will look like today. And he would go around fundraising and they would say, you're, you're dreaming. And he would say, I am, but I'm not sleeping. Right. Um, the, the, the ability of a Jew is to dream and not sleep. It's very powerful. You know, we're at a time where we got to start dreaming again. We got to stop getting, we got we to get out of this little muck called everyday life. We got to remember that we're the Jewish people. We got to remember that, that Mashiach is coming. And we got to remember that we got to have big dreams. Dreams for each other. Dreams for our families. Dreams for, for Kal Yisrael. We shouldn't have organizations that need to knock on our door a hundred times to help each other. We got to have dreams that every Jew is taking care of. 
we got to have dreams from ourselves that we're not going to like judge our Judaism by whether or not God's not mad at me and Yom Kippur. It's, I want a relationship with Hashem. Like I want to dream about life where I can live in this world, but really walk with God. I want to dream about living in Eretz Yisrael at a time where it's safe, secure. I want to, I want to, Eretz Yisrael should be in our sights. If it's possible to go, if it's possible to be there. If we're in the diaspora, we have to dream that our communities should be, should be spiritual and physical. We have to dream of big things, a base Hamigdash, Mashiach. We can't allow this world to lure us into smaller dreams. Just as long as we're safe and the restaurants stay open and everyone's okay, we're good to go. Just as long as we don't have, you know, um, you know, marches down our block with people that are ready to hurt us, we're good to go. We have to raise our eyes up, all of us. And if you, it doesn't matter our backgrounds. It doesn't matter if we have the back, that's excuses. If your eyes are open, you're in this world, in the fourth quarter of Jewish history, because the Kodesh Baruch Hu sees something in your soul, whether you agree or not. He's something in your soul that is Shaykh for a time of Geula. We got to breathe that in, drop the whole I'm not enough nonsense, and realize that we got to think like Geula Jews. And wherever you are and you're watching this, you got to realize that we got to big dreams for our relationship to Hashem, our relationship to each other, our knowledge of Torah, our ability to daven, and to really be the people that are lights into the world. That's that right. is a powerful message. Think big, dream big. Let's bring the Geula, Mamash. It's, it's enough is enough. Dilatory. There's so much suffering going on in the world. So many people are going through all these difficulties. But hear our prayers and bring the Geula Finally, redemption. Charlie, I want to thank you for everything you did for Kali Israel. For nothing. Thank, thank you. you for your time. And uh, we yeah. really appreciate it. You're always there for us. And what a powerful yeah. message you just left. What an inspiring Tuesday Timely Torah Talks with our dear friend Charlie Harari. And uh, looking forward to seeing you at uh, the Gula Shreem, the complete redemption. To be, uh, I brought it to you, Yanni. Was at this Tishabov. As well as doing it in Chazak, we should do it at the Chazak's new headquarters in Yerushalayim. Ah. With the base on Migdash, she will have the barbecue coming in from all ah. the Karbanas. Well, ah. What could be better? We'll hang out. It'll be 67 degrees and cool on a beautiful Jerusalem evening. Um, we'll be dancing in the streets. That's what we should do. We shouldn't be, we shouldn't be hungry on Tishvah this year. We should be, we should be satisfied spiritually and, and, and physically. Um, name that's a great bracha, and yet every year we have Charlie on Tishba, but it should be in Eretz Yisrael. Charlie, once again, thank, thank you. you, thank you, everyone. Every Tuesday, we have these amazing time Torah talks, amazing topics, tar- talking Torah. Uh, spread the word, tell your family, your friends, your neighbors, everyone, and uh, continue to get inspired. Thank you, thank you so much. Wow, unbelievable, powerful, inspiring um, lecture tonight. This was presented by Chazak. As we know, not only should you tune in tonight, but every single Tuesday we have the very special program, Tuesday's Timely Torah Talks, where we where, where Rabbi Meirov interviews a different renowned speaker, guest every single week at 8.30 p.m. every Tuesday. And you can watch at torahanytime.com slash chazak2 or chazak.org slash live, C-H-A-Z-A-Q dot O-R-G slash L-I-V-E, chazak.org slash live. Um, and as we, as we know, the great work of chazak, is 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 world renowned. Chazak's main mission of Jewish public school student transfer to yeshiva. Last three and a half years long, Chazak has up transfer over one thousand children from public school to yeshiva, which is an unbelievable accomplishment. 
Um, if anyone wants to train, if anyone's interested in helping transfer, um, um, if someone knows if, if someone knows someone who would like to transfer from Bible school yeshiva, reach out to Chazak 718-285-9132, 718-285-9132, and Chazak can not continue strong without your support. Support Chazak right now at givechazak.com, G-I-V-E-C-H-A-Z-A-Q.com, givechazak.com. We will see everyone next Tuesday night, 8.30 p.m. Thank you.